Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. On an early autumn afternoon, gay teen Zach Harrington killed himself at his parents' ranch in Norman, Oklahoma. Against the backdrop of a town bitterly divided on the issue of homosexuality, Zach's parents are forced to reconcile their own social and political beliefs with their son's death. Determined to understand him, they discover a diary which paints a portrait of a boy in crisis and a secret that Zach kept hidden for almost two years. It leads them to some painful conclusions about their son's life and death. A documentary film has been produced on uh, telling Zach's story. Uh, Broken Heart Land is the name of it. And uh, it will air on PBS's World Channel this evening. It's part of the America Reframed series. It'll also be screened in a free event at the Salt Lake City Library on Saturday, November 1st, 10 a.m. This is a part of a multi-city tour through all the states. Filmmakers say legally restrict public educators in how they can discuss homosexuality in schools. Filmmakers say they're attempting to bridge the gap created by these policies by educating these communities on how to access accurate and helpful resources and strengthen support groups for those who are HIV positive, contemplating suicide, or disconnected from families. And we're going to talk about these issues, hear Zach's story, and uh, what uh, those involved feel it represents. Uh, We bring in uh, Zach's parents, uh, Nancy and Van Harrington. Uh, Welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. We appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Uh, Jeremy, glad to be here. Uh, Jeremy Stolberg is uh, director of, of the film. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. You're a uh, you're director with uh, with your I think your sibling. The two of yeah, you. Yeah, my sister, my sister Randy. She uh, we we co-directed the film. Yeah. Uh, so let me uh, let me start with uh, maybe maybe we can start with Nancy Harrington. Um, so maybe situating you and, and your husband, uh, you uh, live still in Norman, Oklahoma? We do. Uh, and I understand you, but you both have military backgrounds? We do. We're both um, we're in the Air Force. Uh, still in the Air Force? Uh, no, we're both retired. Retired Air Force, okay. Yes. Uh, uh, Van Harrington, uh, I guess a long career in the Air Force. Uh, what, what did you do? I'm sorry, what? Uh, uh, question for Van. Uh, you're... What, uh, Oh, we don't we don't have him on just yet. Okay. Okay, he's going to pick up the same line as I'm on. Oh, okay. All right. We'll have to. Uh, are are you on, Mr. Harrington? Yes, I am. Okay. Okay. Great. We'll have to work out this uh, this phone issue. <laughs> uh, so uh, you you uh, you had a career in the Air Force, retired now as well. Y- yes. D- did you guys meet in the Air Force? What? Uh, how'd you how'd you? Yeah, folks we did. Uh, we were stationed in Germany and uh, met there. And then we flew back to the United States to get married and went back to Germany. All right. Uh, a romance in the Air Force. Um, and uh, how many children? Well, I have five total, and Nancy and I have three. So okay. uh, it's a dual family. Yeah. And then you said, did you retire to Norman? Yes, we, uh, I retired to Norman. Um, Van had already retired and stayed home with the uh, kids for about five years. Okay. And uh, Zach was, uh, he was your oldest. Uh, Nancy? Zach was um, our, our middle. Our middle child. You're, you're your middle child, yeah. Yeah, he has an older sister and a younger brother. Okay. Uh, well, Nancy, tell me, tell me a bit about, uh, about Zach. What uh, kind of a young man was he? Uh, he was just a great young man. He was very unique. He was very artistic and musical. Um, um, he, we had thought, and he had thought that he would have a, a career in music. And um, he played many instruments, and he was in the color guard at Norman North. And um, he just had a unique view of the world. He was just very caring and kind, but at the same time uh, reserved. And um, a friend of his recently used the word humble. And he loved nature, and he loved animals. And, you know, sometimes he just didn't understand the rules of the world. Mm-hmm. Now, at age, was it age 14 he came out to you, do you guys? He did. He came in and uh, told me that he was gay. Um, and um, then, they came, then they came in and told me, and uh, I was actually uh, pleased with his uh, coming out because he then I knew he knew who he was. Yeah. So he was. Do you think he was worried about coming out to you guys? We now know he did not seem like he was, but we now know from his anthology, from his writings, that it was very, 
difficult for him. And he came out to his friends first, and then he came out to his, to me. And in his writings, he's talked about how hard that was, but he didn't appear to be hard. The only thing he said that was very disconcerting to me was um, he did say, I guess I'm going to hell. And he also said, um, I guess there won't be any little Zackies. Um, so it, there was, you know, he he did worry about things like that, but he he felt like he was adjusted. You know, the, when he talked, he seemed adjusted to, you know, this is who I am. Were these views that he was uh, hearing around? Were these views that he ever heard from from you guys? What? Uh, no, the the going to hell part that mm-hmm. would have been from uh, people that he saw in town, or you know, just heard things and. The religious uh, groups, you know, they kind of say that sort of stuff, you know, abomination and things of that nature. And, you know, as a young kid, he grew up hearing those kind of things. Let me bring in uh, Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Stolberg, uh, one of the directors. So uh, you you filmed Zach and and the Harringtons for, uh, I I don't know, two or three years. How did you get involved? Well, actually, my sister, uh, my co-director, she was down in Oklahoma in Norman, and she was doing a work-for-hire job um, that was completely unrelated, um, and she happened to be doing some filming with some kids who Zach knew from Norman North High School, um, and when Zach committed suicide, there was this incredible outpouring of emotion um, in throughout the town, but also throughout the entire state of Oklahoma. People came from all over the state and kind of, it was in the news, and I don't know if you remember, but there had been a spate of gay teen suicides across the nation, um, starting with Tyler Clemente. This was back in 2010, and Zach was one of those. And so people came from all over the the state and and converged on Norman, and uh, you know there were vigils. And so you know my sister and I have made other films together. She called me and she was like, "This is just a very emotional, you know, um, a very intense." time and and we felt like this was you know indicative of larger issues in american culture um and that you know lgbt issues um were coming to the forefront and so we see that you know today in the news every day so we thought it would be a topical subject but we didn't know you know anything about the story other than that there was this incredible outpouring of public emotion around it and so we came to norman and we started to film and we met the harringtons at one of the vigils um, and we immediately had a kinship with them. We felt a deep connection to what happened to them. We had lost an immediate member of our family ourselves when we were in our uh, early 20s, and, and we were familiar with this like roller coaster of emotions that they were going through. It was all too familiar to us. So, um, you know, we started very tentatively to make this film, and we, we started off with just one interview, and I don't think the Harringtons thought we would ever come back but we did we kept coming back um and eventually you know it was it was like we were a family making a film about another family and so we had this bond um and then you know sort of a lot of events in in norman um unfolded over the course of you know the um entire two year period that we were actually doing filming that were just incredible. You know, Zach uh, committed suicide five days after uh, a city council meeting in his town where they were taking up the issue of LGBT History Month. And, you know, people came out of the woodwork and said all sorts of uh, negative things about homosexuality and conflated homosexuality with, um, you know, AIDS. And Zach was there, and he heard all of these uh these things. And so, you know, five days later, that's when he committed suicide. And and so we thought that that was an, a, just an interesting point of departure. But then the Harringtons underwent this incredible transformation over the course of the two years that we were filming them, where they became politically aware and politically active. And we we witnessed that. And it was, uh, it was harrowing, harrowing for us to witness and to document them as they try to reconcile their political beliefs with their son's death. Uh, Nancy, uh, when Zach came out to you and 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 to Van as well, um, I, th- you, uh, I was reading uh, something you wrote in the Huffington Post. You you felt, I think, that you did everything you're supposed to do, right? You accepted him. You uh, you know you you 
showed continued love, um, and it, things seemed okay, I guess. Yeah, he did. He did not share with his, us what he was going through. Yeah, so I, I guess typical teenager, t- typical teenage boy, you know, not sharing a whole lot of what's going on. Well, that's just it. You know, at a time when he was going through this emotion and a turmoil, as at a time when kids are normally stepping away. So what we saw is normal stepping away. I'm getting my independence was probably more actually closing himself off because he was. Um, in a fragile state, and then and then he commits suicide. Of course, that's that's yes, got to be right. just just horribly painful. Uh, for, you know, for parents, I can't even imagine. Uh, so, what did you what did you think at that point? You you, you know you felt we like we were we just had no clue. We were yeah. just why 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 you know we that's how we felt why, and then we learned. Um, I guess a couple of weeks later that Zach had been HIV positive. And um, I guess he was going through some things, and he had known perhaps for a year and a half that he was HIV positive and not told anybody. He didn't start telling anybody until a few days before he took his life. Um, We don't know how much, you know, if he knew that long, we don't know if that's finally what caused him to make the decision or if it was just the whole thing going on, all the negatives, you know, there was a city council meeting and just um, he was at a difficult time in his life. We really don't know for sure to this day Van, um, uh, what caused the final. Yeah. Decision. Yeah. I, and I guess it, I guess it'll remain a mystery um, in, in, in the, you know, the, in the foundation of it. Van, I wonder the, this climate in, in Norman, especially it came to a, a head, it seems like with that city council meeting. Uh, but but Norman, I think you know, it's college town, and often college towns are more progressive than surrounding areas. Uh, what, what was your feeling when when this all came to a head with the with the city council meeting and all the comments that were made? Well, it's a, Zach thought he was uh, in a community that was more accepting than it truly is. I mean, Norman uh, prides itself on being a inclusive community. I mean, there's signs at the city entrances and stuff that uh, they are, and then for him to find out at the uh, town meeting that uh, Norman is not what he presumed it to be, and uh, only small pockets of uh, Norman or the progressive areas around the campus, Uh, much of Norman is uh, evangelical type of uh, beliefs, and those groups are the ones primarily who spoke out uh, at the meeting, Hmm. particularly one or two church groups. Jeremy, uh, what what were the some of the comments that were being made, or flying around? Oh, there there were a lot of comments made. I mean, it, you know, there were there were hateful things said. There was um, a lot of misinformation. Um, one uh, statement in particular that was uh, latched onto by uh, a lot of people was the fact that uh, one of uh, a local pastor said that um, 78% of gay people have sexually transmitted diseases and will die from it. Um, and that was this gentleman by the name of Chad Williams, who uh, ultimately became, uh, he participated in the film, a participant in the film, and uh, he ultimately ran for city council. But uh, and, and that's sort of like what the narrative uh, trajectory of the film focuses on is that, uh, you know, political maneuvering um, by, you know, a lot of the people in uh, Norman who went to that meeting and were very, and were unhappy. I think both sides were unhappy after the meeting, um, but there were lots of things said. There were, um, you know, there were people talking about how gay people started AIDS. There, were, there was just a lot of um, outdated misinformation um, and quoting of statistics that were not correct. Um, and it, I think that it was just the cumulative effect of, and you'll you see it in the film. You, we we uh, got access to a videotape of the uh, of the actual meeting, and you just see this cumulative effect of uh, you know one statement after the next of, uh, and just feeling that uh, this feeling of, from the side of the LGBT community that they were being you know stigmatized and marginalized and you know bullied. Uh, and so 
that was sort of the environment that, uh, you know, Zach and a lot of LGBT people in Norman were in in the days leading up to his suicide. We're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll hear uh, first of a couple of clips we have from the film. Uh, and we'll continue our discussion with uh, one of the directors of this film, Broken Heartland is the name of the documentary. Jeremy Stolberg is with us. We also have uh, Zach Harrington's uh, parents, Nancy and Van Harrington, on the line. Uh, and uh, Broken Heartland tells the story of uh, Zach Harrington, who uh, killed himself uh, in Norman, Oklahoma. Uh, subsequently, his parents found a diary, and it was, it was learned that uh, he was HIV positive. Uh, many issues uh, to talk about. We'll get to those. Uh, one of the points that uh, the Harringtons and the filmmakers, uh, uh, I think, are, are advocating is, uh, I'll just quote uh, Nancy Harrington from her Huffington Post article, there are so many areas that demand our attention as parents of LGBT youth. Sex education, HIV, AIDS prevention are critical issues. And uh, so this film is uh, touring uh, states, that uh, have have laws restricting, as they, they, they see it, um, discussion of homosexuality in schools and some of these issues, including Utah. And the film is coming to Utah uh, as part of a multi-city tour. It'll be in Salt Lake City at the Salt Lake City Public Library on Saturday, November 1st, 10 a.m. Also air on the PBS's World Channel tonight as part of America Reframed, so you can see the film if you're not going to be in the Salt Lake City area. In any case, we're opening the phone lines. Love to get your perspective on this. 1-800-826-1495. 1-800-826-1495. You can join us on Twitter at Utah Public Radio. You can join us on our Facebook page and by email to upraxcess at gmail.com. More following the break. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and the USU Alumni Association hosting the USU vs. University of Wyoming football pregame party at Wyoming on Friday, November 7th from 4 to 5.30 p.m. at Bailey's of Laramie. Registration information available at usu.edu slash alumni. Next time on Living on Earth, tourists love to visit Morocco's picturesque traditional tanneries, but the tanners need a solution to their toxic wastewater. Could it be that they could do something like uh, what Disney does, you know, have it look like it's old, but actually using modern technology in the background? And would the tourists still come and buy? I'm Steve Kerwood, and that's next time on Living on Earth from PRI. Wednesday morning at 10 on Utah Public Radio. You're listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. We are talking with the filmmakers and uh, subjects, in fact, of a film, Broken Heart Land. It's a documentary which tells the story of uh, Zach Harrington. He was a gay teen in Norman, Oklahoma. He killed himself at his parents' ranch out there. And uh, th- there, there is some justification to speculate that uh, the climate there at that time in Norman and an explosive uh, city council meeting uh, may have contributed, may have uh, pushed him in that direction. Um, he uh, it was also found after his death that he was HIV positive. Uh, the parents found a diary, um, which uh, also told them a lot more about their son, who uh, you know typical teen boy wasn't communicating a whole lot about what he's going through. Uh, so we have his parents, uh, Nancy and Van Harrington, on the line. We also have one of the directors, Jeremy Stolberg. Let's hear uh, a clip from the documentary film, Broken Heartland, which, by the way, is going to be screened in a free event at the Salt Lake City Public Library Saturday, November 1st at 10 a.m. Also be on tonight on uh, PBS's World Channel um, as part of America Reframed. Let's hear uh, the, uh, the first clip here. Why did he have to worry that he would be rejected by anybody? If only I'd done this, and what if, and what was he experiencing that we did not know about? What could we have done to, to help this boy to understand? I went through and looked through his things, and um, found this anthology. Well, I thought it was kind of like a diary. We didn't talk about a lot of the things that were in here. He was he was very quiet, and I'm very quiet. I wish we had talked more, but I'm not sure. Some people, that's how they share their thoughts in a written word. 
In a world of bias and judgmental people, it would be inevitable for me to choose an escape. To the world of peace and love, where religion didn't play such a big role in who people hate, and education on controversial topics were so steady that they weren't even considered controversial. This place would be littered in rainbows that semicircled from horizon to horizon in a full blaze of glory. Some things were too hard to read, and so I'll go back later and I'll read them again. I think I don't want to see the hurt that the hurt because it hurts me that I didn't see that kind of hurt in him. If God is the creator of the world and everything on it, how does he not have the power to make me heterosexual? Why would God create something he hated? Since when does God hate in the first place? How can you call us abominations? We go through more than you can imagine. I'm surprised you think you know what's best, even when what's best ends up causing more pain. And then he kind of put on a front about how he really felt, and people will say it really didn't bother him to be gay and, and the way he was treated, but this says otherwise. He did worry about those things. Those things did disturb him. So there's a passage from the film a Broken Heart Land. Jeremy Stolberg, uh, you, you have uh, someone reading passages, I believe, from the from uh, Zach's diary. Yes, we did. We had uh, an actor um, by the name of Eric Eisenbray, who's based in New York, where I live, um, and you know he is. Um, you know, a friend of mine, and it turned out that he had a, a connection to the to the story, and he uh, he, he came out as HIV positive himself. Um, and you know, it wasn't something that he had thought about talking about with his family until he saw the film and decided that that was something that he um, that he wanted to share. So, uh, you know, I, I thought I think that there was like a real he did an incredible job um, of, you know, interpreting Zach's diary. And I think that there was a, a, a kinship and a special connection that he had, um, you know, because of what he had been through and how similar it was to what Zach had gone through. Mm. We hear also uh, Nancy's uh, voice there. Nancy Harrington, I wonder if you talk a little bit about um I think you underwent a, a journey of sorts. You you started at one point, and, and through this experience, you've ended up at another. What do you talk to me about that? Um, well, I did. Um, you know, I really didn't. I, I didn't, you know, I had looked at PFLAG information when Zach came out, but I didn't see it as something to fix, so I didn't really look into it that much. And then also, um, I wasn't really involved in politics. Um but I became much more involved um, after Zach passed away. People opened their arms to me, and there was this mom group for Mothers of Many after Zach um, died um, of mothers of children who were um, homosexual, and they were very supportive. So there were things happening, and I was able to go um, with another organization plus the moms. Uh, the other organization is the Equality Network to talk to legislators in Oklahoma and just get more involved and uh, try to advocate for communication and for um, caring about, you know, our voices of love need to be louder than the voices of negativity out there. Um, there's so much that we don't even realize our kids are hearing um, that they're just soaking in and not in a good way. So the, the film is, uh, it's, it's being shown in specific states, and, and uh, um, I think that's for a reason, right, uh, Jeremy? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the film is, we're showing the film in, um, throughout the heartland, and we're, we're, you know, specifically targeting states um, that have what are referred to as don't say gay laws, laws that um, restrict the discussion of homosexuality um, in education. But I think that, uh, you know, 
for us, I think it's important to think more about um, creating a transformational con- conversation with the film. I mean, the, the idea is that those states that restrict comprehensive sex education, including homosexuality, they contribute to this continued stigma of young you know, people who are gay. Um, and it all, they also subsequently contribute to a culture that is less likely to have an open dialogue about issues facing gay and lesbian teens. Uh, and so, and young people in general, not just teenagers, but, you know, people in their 20s as well. Um, and, and so, you know, whether the laws are a reflection of our current culture or they're responsible for creating the current culture is less important to us than the understanding of how these two are intricately linked. You know, these, it's important to, um, you know, have an open discussion and, and have a dialogue about um, these issues because there are, you know, whether we like it or not, young people are continually, you know, coming out as gay. And there are these, uh, you know, public health concerns for, and, the, and their, uh, you know, health and safety is a valid issue as well. Mm. So I think that that's something that, you know, through the making of the film, we, uh, you know, we didn't set out to make uh, this political statement with this film. We, uh, you know, as I described earlier in the segment, we, you know, came to this film not knowing anything about what would happen. And that's part of what we love about making documentaries, that they just sort of, you know, it's a, a roller coaster ride and you don't know where it's going but you know after having made the film and experienced this journey with Nancy and Van and the rest of the Harrington family and seeing where they're uh, where they went with it and and also just researching uh you know from the Centers for Disease Control the fact that 26% of all new HIV infections are uh among youth between the ages of 13 to 24 you know these are not this is not something that we can uh you know ignore. In in Oklahoma, the HIV infection rate has gone up since the year 2000. It's gone up uh, 112%. So that's not something that we can ignore. Um, Nationwide, same thing. The the rates are going up, um, you know, in in this age bracket. So I think it's important to, um, you know, to use the film to, to, to do that. I think we would be irresponsible if we didn't, you know, take the all the lessons that we learned from Zach's death and what what and the journey that the Harringtons went through and and uh, you know use it to spread this message and tell people what the uh, ramifications are. If you just joined us, uh, you're listening to Access Utah, and uh, we're talking about a, a documentary film, Broken Heartland, um, and that's important, isn't it, uh, Jeremy? It's it's not Broken Heartland. It's uh, it's three words, Broken Heartland. Um, yeah. It's a documentary. Tells the story of uh, Zach Harrington, who uh, committed suicide. He was uh, gay. He came out to his parents uh, when he was fourteen. Committed suicide, I think, when he was nineteen. Um, but it was revealed afterwards that uh, they discovered a diary and uh, discovered that he was HIV positive and uh, pointed a, painted a portrait of a boy in a crisis, a secret that he kept hidden. And uh, so the parents undergo a, a transformation, and uh, they become uh, advocates for. Uh, Comprehensive sex education, HIV, AIDS education, and advocacy for LGBT youth. Uh, Their names are Nancy and Van Harrington. We have them on the phone as well. Let's hear the third clip, clip number three from uh, this film. And this this expresses, uh, has expressions um, from from the father of Van Harrington. We'll talk about this. But I really, really wish that he could... He could look down and see how much I do care, and that uh, he would feel uh, feel proud of what I'm trying to do, because I'm, I'm trying hard to uh, be open. How does a young person who is HIV positive and gay in a um, Bible Belt community deal with it when he thinks he lives in a community that is supposed to be inclusive? And he finds out overnight at a meeting on Tuesday that this town is not, not as understanding. I get the feeling that it's brush it under the rug, hide it in the corner. We don't want to talk about it. 
And if you don't talk about it, then it'll go away. The Norman transcript, in my opinion, it has uh, fallen down on their job. Right now, the article is a done deal. It won't get published, but it, but by us trying to get this article published, has now encouraged me to maybe make another step. I get enough energy, and I can pull up enough energy to do one step at a time. I feel like I have to turn to him and ask for, you know, ex an explanation or his forgiveness that I'm not doing enough. And I want him to know that I'll keep tr trying every day for something. Every day, I don't know what that something is, but I'll do, I will do something for him every day. So that is a uh, clip from the movie, the, the documentary film Broken Heartland. Uh, Van Harrington, that's, uh, I don't know, that might be hard to listen to. That's uh, very emotional there, very heartfelt. And I wonder, what is that something every day that you're, that you're doing for your son? Well, I try to uh, speak to people whenever they ask. Uh, it's pretty open here uh, what's happened to our family and to Zachary. And so whenever somebody has a question, I just try to answer it as best I can or listen to uh, their stories, whether it's uh, from their uh, family being a gay person or the, they've lost somebody to a suicide or just to a death. And you know, having been there myself, um, I think that builds a bond with uh, somebody else and you're more willing to uh, share that. And you, you say in that clip that... Uh, an attitude uh, among some, at least, is let's sweep it under the rug. Let's not talk about it. And I'm I get, sorry, I didn't uh, hear that. Uh, uh, the attitude of some, you say in that clip, is is let's just sweep it under the rug. Let's not talk about it. I guess, I guess you've encountered that. Oh, yeah. Denial, you know, for uh, some people is, is a way to just let it go away. And I don't think it will just go away. It'll, you know, it needs to be brought to the surface and discussed and uh, awareness and possibly acceptance. I don't know that people who don't have a gay child uh, or who are not gay understand what it is like to be gay. I mean, I certainly don't. I do know what it's like to raise a gay child, but I don't know that, you know, all the ins and outs of what they go through, you know, every day. But uh, I think the public um, needs to be made aware of what is going on in the gay community and what, uh, kind of pressure they're under and with the non-acceptance and so the more we speak about it the uh, more progress we'll make. Nancy Harrington, um, I wonder what specifically you'd like to see happen especially in the schools. Um, you, you've written about talked about the fact that you, you don't you don't think at least in some states the the, uh, the education is adequate. What would you like to see happen? Well um for starters, for Oklahoma, um, the HIV law, as I look, I'm looking on the um, HRC website, but uh, I'm sorry, a different website. But I, um, um, one of the things it says is that engaging in homosexuality is in itself uh, a cause for AIDS, and that's not true. It's unprotected sex. And I think it needs to be very clear that homosexuality, homosexual activity and promiscuous sexual activity are not the same thing. And um, you can't, people need to protect themselves. They need to get tested. And uh, I can't stress how important that is. I think there is a view in Norman, maybe even now, that, or, you know, in Oklahoma, that uh, HIV and AIDS really doesn't happen here because people don't, you know, people don't talk about it. People don't know it's here, and um, I, I think it's very important that kids know the risk of unprotected sex. Now, in Utah, we've had a debate on, in fact, there was a law that was uh, passed the legislature in 2012, which uh, would have modified state law to, to have uh, instruction only, abstinence be the only uh, thing that was taught. That was vetoed by Governor Herbert here. 
but uh, the, the law remains in the view of some, uh, you know, based in, well, that's what advocates will tell you. It's based in abstinence, but not uh, solely limited to, to abstinence. Uh, so Nancy Harrington, um, I wonder those states that, that have that, that and, and people on the other side will tell you, well, it's, we, we advocate abstinence, but then other forms of contraception are taught. Um, I don't, I don't know your thoughts on that. What, uh, what, do you, what do you think more needs to be done? There, there are all manner of laws from state to state. Yeah, all the uh, yeah the states are different, and some don't have many laws. And some people think that perhaps there shouldn't be a law at all, but that the school should still teach a curriculum, um, which basically teaches kids how to protect themselves, kids and you know young adults and I mean um, teenagers. Uh, and and ad, you know abstinence is a good idea, but the reality is kids need to know how to protect themselves, and they need to know what risks are out there. But the other part of that is I think some people who are diagnosed with HIV and AIDS still think it's, um, I hate to say this, but basically a dead sentence. There are ways to take care of themselves. There are medic- medicines out there so they don't have to look at it like that, and kids need to also know that. Mm. Uh, Jeremy uh, Stolberg, I wonder if I get you to talk a little bit about this. You've uh, purposely... You're, you're you're filming the you're you're screening the film in in certain states, and I, I think you would like to see some laws changed. Yeah, I mean, I th- I I think that we can. I, I would. I think it would be wonderful if if laws were changed. I don't expect that to necessarily happen right away or ever. But I think it's important for us to start that dialogue. I think to, to me that's the most important thing. I mean, you know, if I, I you know I'm. I made this film about this family, and you know, the the story that unfolded uh, encompassed HIV, and it encompassed you know the, this tragedy. And you know, for me, it's like well, we don't know why what was going through Zach's mind when he took his life, but the fact is is that he was HIV positive, and he didn't you know he didn't have he clearly he was taking medicine that he bought on the street. Um, he didn't have medical attention. There was no medical attention given to his disease. And his diary exposed his sense of stigma and shame uh, and that he wasn't able to ever, you know, articulate how he felt to those who in his life who were closest to him. So, you know, just using that, you know, it's one story, but at the same time, I think it's indicative of a larger, you know, issue in our culture and especially in these states where the stigma is so much higher. Um, you know, where people, because they're not educated, they don't know the, uh, you know, the proper way to deal with something like HIV. There, you know, when we interviewed Zach's friends, they were talking about how, you know, they they could completely understand why he would want to commit suicide because they wouldn't want to live with the stigma either. And to me, like, the, the, my mission in bringing this to the forefront is really to take some of that stigma away from HIV. I mean, I think that we're living, you know, 30 years uh, after the initial, um, you know, plague that was HIV and AIDS in, you know, the early 1980s. I think we're living, you know, 30 years down the road right now, and I don't see any reason why we have the information. It's available, you know, um, it's out there. Why aren't we imparting that information to our young people? Why aren't we destigmatizing this, um, you know, this disease. It, it doesn't make sense that it should still carry such a stigma, especially, you know, when, you know, I know people who are living with HIV right now, and they are, you know, living, um, you know, fulfilled, happy lives, and they're living longer and longer into their 50s and 60s. So there's really, it, it, it seems like there's no reason not to impart this information to people. Um, and I, I feel like, in terms of sex education, sex education, you know, is an issue, and it's something that Nancy and Van are passionate about, and I think it's something that's important. But I also think it's important, and, you know, Nancy, we did another interview uh, back in June, um, and uh, Nancy brought this up, and I thought it was a really interesting and important point, which was that, you know, regardless of what is being taught in schools, I think it's important for parents of kids who are LGBT uh I think that it's important for them to to impart this information to their children and to uh you know 
destigmatize it and let them know that they're loved regardless of their sexuality and regardless of their, uh, you know, HIV status. I, I think that as a culture, I hope that we would all, uh, you know, be able to advocate for love and acceptance. We're going to take another break. When we come back, we'll have uh, more. Uh, Another 10 minutes with uh, Jeremy Stolberg, who's one of the directors of Broken Heartland, and uh, with Nancy and Van Harrington. They are parents of Zach Harrington, uh, a gay teen in Norman, Oklahoma, who unfortunately committed suicide. That's His story is being told in this film, and uh, many related issues, of course, we're discussing here. Uh, The film is going to be screened in a free event at the Salt Lake City Public Library on Saturday, November 1st at 10 a.m., and you'll be able to see it tonight on uh, PBS's World Channel uh, as a part of America Reframed. More following the break. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members. And the Cache Valley Center for the Arts, Ellen Eccles Theater, presents the fairy tale ballet, Beauty and the Beast. Performed by the State Street Ballet to the music of Tchaikovsky and choreographed by Robert Sund. October 29th and 30th. Ticket information available at cashearts.org. Did you know that not only do we learn best and remember more when we enjoy success at an appropriately challenging experience, we also will be more willing to seek out other challenging experiences. Did You Know That is made possible by the USU Emma Eccles Jones College of Education and Human Services. More at cehs.usu.edu. Utah is home to 18 species of bats. This Thursday at 10 a.m. on the Zesty Garden, Michael Wolf helps us understand this often misunderstood mammal. And yes, you can. It becomes a little more clear from Adri Roberts why your canning jars sometimes don't seal. Then Helen Cannon in Petals and Prose continues with Victory Gardens in World War II and the sacrifices everyone made. Curiously, women's rubber foundation garments were listed as essential to the war effort. It's the Zesty Garden, Thursday mornings at 10 from Utah Public Radio. You're listening to Access Utah. Another uh, six minutes left in the program. Love to get your comment or question at 1-800-826-1495. You can join us by email to upraxcess at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, Utah Public Radio, and we're on Twitter at Utah Public Radio. We're talking with the director of a documentary film, Broken Heartland, uh, Jeremy Stolberg. Also uh, subjects of the film, Nancy and Van Harrington. Uh, Broken Heartland is a documentary. It will be uh, screened at the Salt Lake City Public Library on Saturday, November 1st, 10 a.m. That's a free event, and you'll be able to see it tonight on PBS's World Channel uh, on uh, as part of America Reframed. Here's a uh, comment uh, from uh, Gary in Logan. Uh, Gary says, I know in my education there seemed to be a lack of awareness about important issues in history and sex education. I grew up as a minority in a red state. I felt uh, like an education about a lot of important things were swept under the rug, as uh, Van said. I find it sad that uh, the millennial generations uh, still weren't introduced to a proper sex education and uh, left of being taught abstinence only. This even extends to history courses. I never learned about Stonewall riots or Vietnam War, a time in history that impacted my father, or the Japanese internment camps, which held my ancestors. It would be wonderful if children could be engaged in a more provocative and inclusive uh, education. Uh, let me start a uh, comment uh, response to that first with Jeremy. What, uh, what do you think? Uh, I agree. I mean, I, I think that it's important to, uh, that we you know, educate our, for, in order for our great democracy to work, we have to be educated and we have to, we have to know as much as we can about as many different subjects. And I don't think burying our head in the sand on any subject is, uh, is a healthy or a positive thing. I think, um, that's my opinion. I think that the, the most important thing is to have an open dialogue and that's why we're, you know, we're, that's why we made the film. That's why we're taking the film on tour and uh, in, in these states that are, are most um, critically affected. And that's why we're, you know, very happy to air uh, broadcast the film on um, on public television on World Channel. 
Um, it's on actually in um, Utah tonight at 6 p.m. Um, and it's um, it's on um, the local PBS station, KUED. KUED, yeah. So it's uh, it's yeah. uh, channel 7.2 if you're getting it over the airwaves like I do, but. Uh, Find it on your cable yeah. station as well. Uh, so uh, Nancy Harrington, I wonder what uh, what your response is to, to Gary's uh, comments. It's interesting. He extends that to uh, he he felt like he didn't get education in you know Stonewall or Vietnam. Some some things he felt were lacking. You know that somebody was talking about how we learn about European history, but not necessarily about African history. Um, and it goes back to Stonewall. I know Zach knew about Stonewall because I see that in his anthology, but I frankly had never heard about Stonewall. And so I, I, I think it, there are many topics that relate to, maybe not relate to, you know, the mainstream of who decides what goes into the curriculum, but it, it, people need to know the diversity of history. Uh, Van Harrington, I wonder if you have any general uh, reaction to Gary's uh, comments. Well, I agree with uh, uh, my wife that uh, education is important and awareness. With uh, awareness, uh, people will then uh, discuss it more. And the more information you have about any particular subject, is the better you can speak about it. Van, I wonder, uh, we, we talked about uh, stigma. I think uh, Jeremy talked about a, a stigma. Um, and, and that that can be a barrier to a young man like, like Zach uh, getting maybe the, the education about HIV, which he had. Uh, so how do you, how do you think you, that can be reduced, that, that stigma? Well, with uh, open discussion uh, about HIV, it will bring more awareness, and, and the shock value uh, will be lessened. And, you know, and I think the understanding that it is a, uh, a disease that affects uh, more people than most uh, are aware of. And so if it was brought out more that uh, in discussion about it, it would be more accepting and understanding of it. Nancy, I wonder what you thought when you, 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 you learned from this diary, I think, that your son was HIV positive. Uh, he hadn't told you about this. Uh, he did come out to, to you and, and Van. Uh, and I guess as a parent, if, if I'm in that place, I would, I guess I'd be expecting and hoping he could come to me with, with, with his uh, HIV status. What were your thoughts? Oh, absolutely. I was absolutely heartbroken that he didn't feel like he could um, tell us that because we loved him, and I thought we made that clear, but uh, evidently not clear, clear enough. But I want to clarify that um, he didn't write about being HIV positive. His diaries were written... Um, when he was younger in high school, okay. Um, okay, probably about the age of 14 or 15. We found out uh, via the police because they had access to his cell phone, hmm. and they said there were some text messages on that. And then his friends that he had told did not tell us immediately until we brought it up to them, and then they said, well, yes, he had said in this final, in his last few days that he was HIV positive. By the way, I wonder, Nancy, what uh, uh, Zach's siblings, what... Uh what what have, what have their thoughts been through this whole thing? Um, well, um, when the newspaper, of course, local newspaper reporter called us um, initially, when people started connecting Zach's death to the um, city council meeting, um, when they called us, um, we all four decided, you know, we're calling each other, what do we do? Do we do this? And it had to be all or none. So if one person said, I'm not comfortable with this, then we wouldn't do, uh, have participated. But my son, Austin, who at the time was a senior in high school, um, said, you know, Zach's not here to speak for himself, so we need to speak for him. And that's kind of become the view that all of us have. And all of us have participated in different ways, and Nikki's, you know, a real advocate of open communication. Um, so they've been very uh, positive and want this to mean something, want to save somebody else from what we have gone through, want to save another uh, young person from the heartbreak that Zach obviously felt. Um, so again, you know, Jeremy mentioned open communication in families, and that's really what it comes down to, asking the questions. You know, sometimes you don't know what to ask, but just, you know, just being uh, persistent about it. Jeremy, we just have a couple minutes left. Uh, you're, I, I know you're advocating, you, you, you're wanting open dialogue. That's one of the reasons you want to take the film out. What, um, yeah. what, what would you like to, to, to see happen in that dialogue? 
Well, I think, you know, to me, I, I, I would love to highlight the fact that the, the Harringtons are, you know, they're conservative, they're Republicans, they're from a red state, um, you know, and they still advocate these um, ideas and these policies and this openness. And I know that a lot of the states, in fact, I think all of the states that we're going to are red states and they are states, you know, where they're, that are, you know, heavily religious and that they have, uh, you know, um, conservatives in power. And I think that it's important and, and really powerful to me that the Harringtons have remained Republicans, that they are, you know, um, that they are still conservative, but they still, you know, uphold these values that they, you know, have, that they've come to over the course of this journey that they've been on over the past four years. Um, and, and I think that that's really inspirational because I don't think that it's like a red state or a blue state thing. I just think it's a human thing. And I think that um, people, you know, can draw inspiration from that. I think that there are probably a lot of parents of young gay and lesbian, bisexual and transgender people who are conservative, parents who are conservative. And I think that, um, you know, they don't have to feel stigmatized themselves. You know, the stigma didn't just extend in this story. The stigma didn't just extend to Zach. It was his entire family that felt stigma, um, you know, and, and they still felt stigma even after it was revealed that to them that Zach was HIV positive. It wasn't something that they were immediately able to talk about to, you know, their friends and neighbors. And so I, you know, and now they've come to this place where they can be open about it and they can talk about it and write articles in the Huffington Post about it and, you know, participate in the documentary. That wasn't always the case. You know, they, they were very, um, you know, uh, they went through a journey with it and they, they, um, they came out the other side and, you know, they were able to, to, um, to talk about it. And I think that that's the most important thing that, you know, people from all walks of life, all political persuasions can, you know, um, talk about these things openly because these are issues that exist in our society and they need to be discussed. We have reached the end of our program. The film is Broken Heartland. It is uh, airing uh, this evening on PBS's World Channel. You can find it on KUED in, in Utah as part of America Reframed, and uh, it's coming to Utah. It'll be at the Salt Lake City Public Library Saturday, November 1st to 10 a.m. That's a free screening. We've been talking with Jeremy Stolberg, one of the directors, and with Nancy and Van Harrington. Uh, Thank you to you all. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. And uh, thanks for listening to Access Utah.